21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bet that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Patriots first and goal. I am Alex Shane here breaking down week two in the NFL. Patriots Dolphins is over, thankfully. Patriots Jets coming up. Week three in the books. We've, week two in the books. Week three coming up. Man. Happening as we speak, so to speak. Uh, Rich Hill, hopefully you are doing better than the New England Patriots record this fine evening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm marginally better. This is... Uh, after all of my excitement and enthusiasm after their close-fought game against the Eagles, all of that enthusiasm is gone, out the window. And I cannot understand why the offensive play calling changed so much from week one to week two. And we will break that down before we go on event sesh, though. Alec, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I may be a little more optimistic than you are. I am still clinging to the fact that the Eagles and the Dolphins are two of the better teams in the NFL. And once again, the Patriots were in position to win it and once again couldn't close it out. And it's mistakes and errors that are imminently fixable. Uh, they're not like this, like you have to throw the whole playbook out and start from scratch. You just have to learn how to hold on to the football and just not take a stupid penalty here and there. And I, it, it's come down to a couple plays both times. Uh, I re- re- remain and retain my sense of optimism, uh, but I, I, I do understand where you're coming from, where you just kind of have to look at what we saw this past Sunday night in Miami, um, going back to Eagles, going back to last season more terrifyingly, and yep. you have to just kind of sigh and be like, are we just kind of going to see a lot more of the same and what we saw last season? And if that's the case, there's just simply no excuse for it. Yeah, and so let's jump right into it. Patriots first down, recap of the Dolphins game. Uh, I'm going to start this by reading a text that Alex sent at halftime. Uh, just a refresher of what was going on at that point. Patriots were down 17-3. to uh, Tyreek Hill had just scored a two-yard touchdown with 11 seconds after Chad Ryland had kicked his first field goal of the year, 49-yarder. That was great to see. Um, but Patriots left way too much time on the clock, so they went in a two-touchdown hole at halftime. So here's what Alex said. This is kind of what they do now. Mental errors and turnovers force an early two to three score hole. The team wakes up, comes roaring back to bring it to a one score game. Defense goes lights out, give the offense three to four opportunities to score. Offense doesn't score and Patriots lose. Uh, Alec, what are the lottery numbers this week? I mean, I wish I was some kind of like Shane Stradamus, but that's just like what <laughs> we see. And, you know, one thing that drove me nuts about the way that Patriots recovered in the Tom Brady era was despite the fact that week in and week out they delivered and won, season in, season out they delivered and won, people continually downplayed them, said this is the final of the year they're going to go under when like the eyes do not lie. Yep. And the eyes don't lie. They just this is, seems to be the the mo for the team going back into last season. 
They just don't come out well. They play poorly in the first quarter. Stupid penalties, stupid fumbles, some boneheaded interceptions. Something really bad happens. Puts them in a huge hole. They wake up. They come roaring back. They look great. Defense does not give up a point in the second half. The offense has every opportunity to close it out, and they just don't. I think you mentioned that Mac Jones has, like, one career fourth-quarter comeback um, as an NFL player, and – you know, Tom, Tom Brady was the king of the fourth quarter comeback. You knew if they were down four points and there was a minute and a half left, they were going to win because that's what Tom Brady did. We just don't have that mental toughness on the offensive side of the ball yet, and it showed against the Dolphins because I, the Patriots were in position to win the game. It shouldn't come down to a fourth down lateral to an offensive lineman going. That shouldn't come to that. Uh, they had chances to win, and they just couldn't close. And until they do close, I'm going to keep preaching that. And they're going to get in the hole, and they're going to come back, and they're not going to be able to win. Um, it, it's very concerning. It just is. Yeah, totally. And uh, that one fourth quarter comeback was against the Houston Texans in Mac Jones's rookie season. Uh, so not great. It was the, his second win ever. The Patriots went from one and three to two and three, and the Texans we know were just atrocious. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's what makes it so frustrating for me are two things. One is that the mistakes are so antithetical to how Bill Belichick has run this Patriots program with regards to uh, number one thing that his teams ever care about is protecting the football. That is number one where he will always say that teams win like 75% of the games where they win the turnover battle. You win 90 plus percent of the games where you win it by two or more. And they are just not protecting the football. It's one where when Demario Douglas fumbled, sure. I wish that the rookie didn't fumble. I kind of understand the benching of it at least for the rest of the game which is frustrating to see but one that like yeah that's it has to happen there has to be things where the team understands that it's not okay to turn the ball over to that extent it's one where Devonte parker you gotta commit to that route you can't give up on it so easily and let the dolphins take that away though there's two big turnovers that basically cost the game in the same way that the, you know, what happened in week one against the Eagles, just truly unpatriots like, and it's ones where like, what's it going to take to fix that? Like, that's not a Mac Jones thing. It's not a playbook thing. It's just the little things that the Patriots seem to do so well in the past. They're just not doing anymore. Yeah. It's just undisciplined football. It's just such a weird thing to see out of Bill Belichick. At least last season, they were playing undisciplined football when the special teams is horrible. So like, what the hell's happening here? At least special teams are playing really well. One of the all time great plays. We'll talk about Brendan Schooler real quick. What an amazing field goal block that so was. Good. I really hope that's not my number one most memorable moment of the entire season. Um, <laughs> the way things are going, that might be my number one off season countdown moment to spoiler alert. But uh, special teams looks good. It's just they don't have any any teeth on offense, and they're just doing such stupid stuff, and they're doing them over and over again. That's what's really yeah. worrying me. You see the same things happening. The same penalties are happening. The same just dumb penalty, dumb turnovers are happening. Yeah, the Pop Douglas thing, he's a rookie. He gets a, whatever. That, that, that's not that concerning to me. It's just it's the rest of the stuff that, that's really concerning to me. What's really concerning also, Rich Hill, uh, 63 yards rushing from Stevenson yep. and Zeke Elliott. Uh, Mac Jones ran for 25, but I'm not going to count for that. So 63 yards on the ground. Yep, 20 carries. And that, that's just a three-point-something three yards of carry. That's just really, really pitiful. I know the offensive line isn't where it needs to be, hopefully where it will be when they get healthy and the season goes on. But yeah. um, this team's not built to come back from a 10-point deficit. So combined with we're going to play like crap, give up two scores, and then – be a team that, that likes to play from the from from the head. Uh, 
I'm not going to – again, the last time the Patriots started 0-2 was 2001. We all know what happened there. It's early in the season still. There's a lot of time left. And I do think – I'm not going to be rose-colored here, but I do think if the offensive line gets back, you can't get – it's not going to get any worse. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right? It's not going to get definitively worse when everyone goes back and gets healthy. But well, it's just concerning that like it's carrying over from 2022. And totally. that's, that's what's concerning. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think what is concerning for me is how much the playbook changed from week one to week two. When, remember, week one, yes, you had David Andrews consistent through both of it. You had Trent Brown, who, you know, practiced most of the, you know, preseason, like let's say the whole offseason. But you had two rookies at both of the guard spots, and you had Calvin Anderson after he'd only been back for like two weeks from missing the entire offseason. You didn't have a great offensive line, and it was going against a very, very good Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. And it felt like Mac Jones was taking way more opportunities deep against the Eagles than what the Patriots were doing this week or this past week against the Dolphins when you had Cole Strange and Michael and Wayne back. You have your interior. Obviously, they're rusty. I'm hopeful that against the Jets, it, like that rust will be gone. And short, Trent Brown was out with a concussion. But you have four of your projected five starters in the line versus three of them. And, you know, the, the right tackle now has another week under his belt. Like, I was surprised with how pared down the Patriots approached that offensive game where almost none of the passes were going deep. They took, you know, random deep shots to Kendrick Bourne, but it didn't feel like they were really trying to pick apart that 10 to 15 yards deep, like the intermediate range. It was just like, here's pass behind the line of scrimmage. Here's two yards deep. Like it, it wasn't an effective or efficient offense in the way that it felt like they found their groove in week one. And I just don't understand why, because the dolphins don't have the type, same type of defensive front personality that the Eagles do. And it just doesn't make sense that they would pare it down so much. And it reminded me of when the Patriots intentionally took the offense away from Mac Jones's rookie year. Do you think it might be because the running game is so inept right now that they're kind of having to invent running plays via like weird passes and screens or there shouldn't be screens because the run game's just not working? I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, I feel like there's <laughs> enough research that like the run game doesn't actually affect if you want to leverage it as part of your like run play option or your, you know anything like that. It's just the idea that a running game could exist is enough. And uh I think that really comes down to more of just like the offensive line isn't productive um, for the run game. And so that's why the running game is inefficient. I just feel like the way the Patriots thought they could win this is by having really long extended drives and running down the clock and trying to reduce the number of possessions that the Dolphins could have. Because as we saw with Raheem Mostert, like going for 43 yards and the backbreaking touchdown at the end of the game, they can score at any point. I think I saw this next-gen stat that the three fastest plays of the entire year were Tyreek Hill, Monster, and Tyreek Hill over the first two weeks. Like, it's Dolphins players are just a track team. And so the Patriots wanted to reduce the number of opportunities that they could score. Um, it didn't pan out at the end of it. But if, you know, they had held on, maybe forced overtime, maybe we'd be saying a different story of, like, what a great plan that was to slow down the high-flying Dolphins offense. It just feels like, uh, they're not giving this offense enough credit for what it feels like they could be doing if they just let them play. Yeah, I also wonder if – I know a big part of Patriots' strategy, or at least it seemed like it as a fan watching over the years, was 
they were very good at sitting back, doing what they did, and waiting for their opponent to make a couple mistakes, and yep. then capitalizing on those mistakes and, and scoring and, and taking them down that way. And I think a lot of that was because the Patriots were like this this wagon of a of a franchise, and Gillette Stadium was this like really hard place to win. The Patriots didn't lose at home. There was like a before you even got in the ring, kind of you've already lost the fight factor. The Patriots had for a lot of teams in the NFL, so they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, that's definitely gone now. I think mm-hmm. teams are a lot more confident against the Patriots. So if you're playing the whole, we're going to sit back, we're going to play rope a dope, and wait for you to make a mistake. They're not going to do that anymore because that that kind of that, the mystique and that aura is not there anymore. So they have to kind of pivot and find a way to get that back or not rely on other teams' idiocy to to, to score points. <laughs> and they do that. Who knows? Yeah. Well, okay. There's nothing more frustrating than coming out of that game and getting the little brother words from the Dolphins players of like Tyreek Hill being like Christian Gonzalez. He's got some real good skill and athleticism about him. Like he's got a bright future, and it's just like. That's where the Patriots are right now. Yeah. That's the treatment that they're getting is, oh, you'll, you're going to be a spooky team later, and that means that it's already done. They, they, they've gotten it. Uh, I want to say that it was – was it the Jets? Sauce Gardner was like, the Patriots' offense is pretty simple. Like, they don't ask them to do that much. It's just about, like, trying to figure out when the defense makes a mistake so we just don't make mistakes. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I A lot of the creativity, the bunch packages that we saw against the Eagles that were successful – it just felt like the Patriots weren't getting a fair shot to try and let plays develop against the Dolphins. No, they weren't. And again, this is not a Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is one of the lone bright spots on this team. I think he looks mobile. He looks decisive. The time he has to throw, he's throwing accurately. Uh, There's debate over that Devontae Parker, uh, Davian Howard pick. Some say he was pushed. Some say he wasn't. Whatever. But I think overall, I think Mac Jones is probably the lone bright spot on this offense. Kendrick Bourne, I'll give him Hunter Henry, but they're not like superstars. Uh, I'm not worried about Mac Jones. I think he's doing as well as can be expected during the circumstances. That's my real big bright spot I'm taking away from this. The defense is going to be fine, even though Marcus Jones is now on the IR. Uh, I think it's in season IR though, right? Back yeah. in a couple, back in like six to eight weeks, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> Excuse me, with a torn labrum, the defensive should be okay. It's more just like can the offense put it together? Uh, we'll soon find out. Again, if they don't beat the Jets, we'll talk about the Jets in our third and fourth round. But they don't beat the Jets this week. The Zach Wilson led Jets, like yeah, that's the season in every possible way. They'll be zero and three, and they'll have lost to the Zach Wilson led Jets. I won't know what to say next time we come on this podcast, Rich. It'll be two minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and it's things where it's like, it's not even at the point where if they show a good effort, it would be enough. Like, I loved what we saw from the special teams against the Dolphins, but it, it's the step back from week one that makes it feel very unpalatable. It makes it feel a lot worse where, you know, first week of the year is like, yeah, they showed a lot of promise against the defending NFC champs. So like, no moral victories in sports, but I don't know. I feel positive. If they come out and we have another 10-3 game against the Jets, I will throw in the towel on this entire team this year. Uh, it'll just me next week. The page is first to go on my own. I don't like the sound of that one bit. Uh, look, again, it is what it is. Um, week two, there's still plenty of time. Like I said, the last time the Pats went on two to start the season, they went on to go 11 and five and win the Super Bowl against the Rams. So a lot can happen between now and then, but they do need to turn it around in week three, uh, which is a good transition. That's what I'm talking about. Anything else, Rich? We'll do second down. 
Let's go to second All right. down. Second and goal is around the league. Week three in the NFL. Thursday night kicks off this last night. Excuse me, the Giants 49ers game. I don't care about that at all. There's some interesting matchups uh, in this in this this week. Uh, there's some real duds in my opinion. I think Bears Chiefs going to be an absolute blowout. Uh, Colts Ravens could be good, but it could also be terrible. You never know with team with games like that. Eagles Bucks could be a good game. Rams Rams Bengals could be yep. a good game. I think this. I think that's probably the theme of this week. Is like potential to be a good game, potential to be an absolute dud. Totally uh, the one game that I feel like is the truest expression of that is the Owen two chargers on the road against the Owen two Vikings. I feel like that has a game that could be a season classic. If, yeah. if you know, Kirk cousins, Justin Herbert, you have two of the top seven quarterbacks in the league going head to head here. Teams are atrocious because uh, the defense is letting them down and uh, they've been not really protecting the football and offense. I don't know if you saw Justin Jefferson fumble the ball out of the end zone for a touchback when he was trying to score. And it's, uh, I feel like has the perfect recipe for a, you know, one of those 54 to 51 games that everyone would be like, that was cool. That was cool. Like <laughs> maybe it doesn't mean anything in the scheme of the year, but that was cool to see. Uh, so that's the game that I'll keep you watching. Yeah, those are always those fun games. You don't think to watch them, and that's always the barn burner of the week. Uh, Bills, Commanders, I'm not expecting much out of the Commanders. They're obviously pulling for the Commanders to pull off the upset at home. I don't really see that happening. I'm very curious to be to watch the, uh, the Monday night game. Uh, Sunday night game, excuse me, Steelers going yeah. to Vegas. That should be an intriguing matchup. The Steelers are not a good team nope. and I don't think the Raiders are a good team nope. but I also don't think either team has really played as well as they could but I think that might be one of those games that could turn out to be season defining for whoever wins it so I'll be watching that one with interest oh totally I mean the Steelers only beat the Browns because uh Chubb went out with a very gruesome injury I hope yeah. he recovers well from it so that was bad um, but they had two defensive scores uh two 50 plus yard field goals and a 70 plus yard score like that is the bingo of the most unlikely scorings uh, in the entire game. So uh, I am expecting it to be one of those really ugly Raiders pull it off because I believe in Jimmy G and the the Raiders kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those weeks where I'm not expecting a lot, but that means that there could be some really fun things. I, Saints Packers, like somehow the Saints are 2-0. Packers, Jordan Love is off to a very, very good start. Uh, I think that there could be a good scoring event on that one. Um, the one other thing that I will watch and stand, uh, you know, follow along is uh, Baker Mayfield with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to say he's like great by any means, but he has the Bucks at two and zero. He's playing relatively mistake uh, mistake free football. He has a good rapport with Mike Evans, who put up 171 yards and a score against the Bears. So obviously, they're not a good team. Um, but they're hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in one of the two Monday night games. That could be a good one. That could be a very good one. It could be, except for the fact that the NFL has decided to host two Monday night games. I don't know what the hell they are thinking doing this like why would they, like they're not even i don't think it's even like a good business decision like you're, you're, you're diluting your own audience and cannibalizing your own market by having two games an hour apart i almost want to protest it but i'm never going to protest because i'm never going to stop watching and the nfl knows that and no matter what they do and how incompetent they are we're never going to stop watching so why am i complaining about it <laughs> right. yeah. however you're right 
you're right. Baker Mayfield's interesting story. Um, I think it's very interesting that Baker Mayfield is such a, a very low paid quarterback and you have like Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow out there doing absolutely nothing for their respective teams after their monster contract. And there's Brock Purdy and Baker Mayfield lighting the league up right now. It shows that no one has a freaking clue what's going on in this league and I'm here for it. Yeah, totally. And I, I feel like uh, chaos is good for the Patriots right now because at 0-2, uh, they need to go on a tear. Like obviously, I don't think anyone is surprised. If you told me before the season that they would start, uh, you know, they would lose to the Eagles, Dolphins, and then eventually the Cowboys, I'd be like, that tracks. Yeah. I feel like we've been like we said this, like a, a one and three start would not be surprising. So it's more of like the how they did it. But if they can get that offensive line underneath them, if they can settle out, having more chaos at the start of the year is really good. It would be great to see the Broncos upset the Dolphins. It would be great to see the Commanders upset the Bills. And to get the Patriots back within one game of the top of the AFC East, because if they can get a divisional win against the Jets, they are out of the cellar, and that is the next big thing. And I'm looking forward to breaking that down with you. Yeah, so that one that one and three, everyone had the Jets being the one win. And the worst case scenario was one and three. So here we go, coming into worst case scenario. Let's break down Pat's Jets, third and goal after this. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 sport. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich. On the road, Meadowlands, Patch Jets, I don't want to ever cheer for a man's injury, but thank Tebow Aaron Rodgers isn't playing in this game because that would be the Patriots season right there. Zach Wilson, very, very beatable. But let's talk about the Patriots offense because that's kind of the, the sticking point for us against that vaunted Jets defense. The Jets defense is still filthy. It is a very solid unit. It matches up well against the Patriots, doing what the Patriots do well or think they do well. Yep. So if you're Bill O'Brien, Rich, what's your strategy for taking out this Jets team? Besides giving up two touchdowns in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I am the Patriots, if I am Bill O'Brien, if I'm trying to pull this off, uh, you got to do more than what you did last week, obviously. Like, you, <laughs> you cannot let the fact that you're afraid of this Jets defense dictate how you play. They have very good players all along the defense. C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, two very good linebackers. They have very good defensive backs. Uh, Jordan Whitehead had three interceptions in that opener. D.J. Reed is playing pretty well across from Sauce Gardner. Uh, They have, uh, I mean, Quinton Williams is obviously great in the middle, but they, they have players at all levels. What the Patriots need to do is make sure, obviously, limit their penalties, but they really, truly, truly need to not challenge Gardner. <laughs> like that's honestly the the best thing that they can do is find the weak spot and say, how can we get our favorable matchups against not Gardner? 
And if you can isolate Juju Smith-Schuster on Gardner and that gives Kendrick Bourne or Devontae Parker more favorable matchups in other places, whatever it takes, just avoid him because you are going to lose that matchup, uh, especially if you don't ha- if you're not going to commit to an offense that gives Mac Jones enough time to let the plays develop, let's let's things evolve over the course of a play, then it's not even worth it because Gardner is going to shut down your wide receiver. You're going to be set up for either an incomplete incomplete pass or a long down situation, and it, it's just a waste of a play. It, you got to let other players perform, put stress on that Jets defense, and then eventually maybe things might show a little bit of a crack for you to be able to take advantage of against Gardner. But even then, it's probably still not worth it. So where's the weak spot? Where's the hole? Where's the chink in the armor for the Jets defense, Rich? Is it up front, the linebackers? Where's their weakest unit? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one where I wouldn't necessarily say they have like a very glaring weak uh, part on their unit. I think that they have strengths uh, all over. Like they, they have a good player at pretty much every single spot. Uh, obviously Gardner is the best player that they have uh, possibly on the entire team. Um, they have good players throughout. I know that some of them are, have been dealing with injuries as well. Tony Adams, this free safety has been dealing with injury right now uh, this week, but they don't, I wouldn't say the Patriots have an advantage at the tight end spot. Uh, they're not going to be Jordan Whitehead a lot, who's been playing very well this year. Uh, I would say if we had to choose one spot, it would be the linebacker area. And so maybe uh, that's where you would lean on Ty Montgomery. But we honestly haven't seen a lot from the Patriots running backs this year as receivers. And that's likely where this would have been a huge James White kind of a day. And so could it be Ty Montgomery? Perhaps. Um, but attacking that middle of the field will be huge. Uh, I think that if I were the Patriots, I would say Juju Smith-Schuster has been our slot wide receiver. He's going to be my X factor for this week because he has been wildly inefficient for the Patriots this year. It's like breathtaking how unproductive he's been. Uh, 13 targets for 61 yards is just ghastly. 4.7 yards per target. Uh, I mean, it's in line with Kendrick Bourne, sure, that we've been giving Bourne a lot more uh, lower percentage plays to produce. So uh, he's producing like a running back, essentially. Like, it's not been good. And so we need to see some of that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster that the Patriots thought that they were getting when they swapped out Jacoby Myers for him because uh, up to this point, it's been completely lackluster. If there is a weakness for the Jets, it's in that middle of the field where the slot receiver should be able to produce, and this should be a Juju type of game. Well, speaking of Jacoby Myers, he currently has two touchdowns on the season. I think he's on nine reps for 81 yards, um, which isn't amazing stats, but he's got two scores, which is two more than Juju has. He got injured. That was all week one. (laughs) Yeah, that was all week one. Um, So (laughs) good swap. Anyway, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I I think Juju is a guy we were all excited about in the offseason. We all brought him in to be, I guess, as close to the number one receiver as we're going to get or we were going to get at the time. He really hasn't done much. He hasn't been bad, but he's not the guy I – Sometimes forget he's even on the field, which which is yep. never a good thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the, the the I think Matt Jones is better anyway. The middle of the field is kind of where he tends to excel that middle zone there. So uh, if he's going to explore, I don't want to see him doing any fade routes to Devontae Parker. I don't see Devontae Parker having a big game this year. I think I'm going to make my defensive X factor uh, pop Douglas. Just because he needs a bounce back game, 
He got benched. He was explosive and dynamic until they benched him. He's yep. the kind of guy you can run him on jet sweeps. You can motion him a lot. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to play a lot of man zone. I'm not sure what Jets defensive coordinator uh, Jeff Albrecht is going to do in terms of how he sets the defense up. Is Sauce Gardner going to blanket one guy? They're going to play him on one side. But if you can kind of move Pop Douglas around to wherever Mac Jones thinks the weak spot is, um, he could have a big day. Uh, I really like what he brings to the table. He's a good matchup. Uh, he's a rookie and he's green. So this could be a really good kind of get out of the doghouse game for him. I'd also love to make the X factor be the running backs, um, maybe a Y factor, the running backs. They got to get something going, man. Something. I, got, something. I, I think Ezekiel Elliott was my X factor last last week, and he did absolutely nothing. And they had these really cool two-back sets with Mondre and Zeke back there. That should be a valuable package. It reminds me of the Bills when they had Fred Jackson and uh, and CJ Spiller back yep. there. They're really able to do really cool things with that mm-hmm. package, but it's the Bills, so they screwed it up. But the Patriots not the Bills. Rich Hill. So we think. Uh, so, or so we think. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll have to make my X factor to Mary Douglas, but I really want to make my Y factor the running backs. We need the running backs to be productive because we've all offseason, Rich, we said this is a running team. They're going to go the way the running backs go, which might explain why they're 0 2 right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and so much of that comes down to the Patriots' offensive line. Like, of the three teams that they will have had on their schedule through three weeks, this Jets team is probably the weakest defensive front seven. Like I, I think that Quinn and Williams might be one of the better, I mean, is one of the better players that they will have faced, but I mean, Eagles easily the best defensive front. The Dolphins have more players up front than the Jets do. This should be a game where the Patriots should be able to control the line of scrimmage should being a massive, massively key word there. And uh, Trent Brown has been, uh, you know, We'll see if he'll even be available, still dealing with the concussion. Hopefully, Michael and Wainu and Cole Strange will, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, have shaken off the rust. So you have that interior trio, and then you have Calvin Anderson on the right side. I'm hoping that at least four of the five will be in a very good shape. And, you know, if Trent Brown's not ready to go, at least, you know, Vidarian Lowe will have had some experience on the left side. Like Patriots will have some level of consistency in one form or another. So, I, I don't know of, of all of the games that they've had, this is the Patriots best chance to get that run game established. And if you know one of the big keys of this Patriots offense is to avoid uh, sauce Gardner, then maybe this is the day for the running backs. Maybe this is the game that they have their breakout game. and will feel a little bit more confident in them. I hope so. I mean, I personally don't think the Dallas Cowboys offense is light years ahead of the Patriots offense. They're better, but they're not like this elite offense. And they ran for mm-hmm. what, 134 against the Jets. Yep. CD Lamb, like 140 receiving yards. They were doing something right. So obviously it's doable in that 30 to 10 blowout last, last week the Cowboys had. So maybe there's some, some modeling they could take after that. If you can get any receiver and get 11 receptions for 140 yards, you're doing something right. And you can get 130 yards on the ground. I know no one eclipsed 100 yards as a running back, but they had enough guys. I think Tony Pollard had about 72, 75 yards on the day. So they are obviously penetrable. And the Patriots, I think, have the pieces to do it. It's just can they put a complete comprehensive offensive package together? And I just don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, However, Rich, uh, the good news is I think the Patriots' defense is as lights out as it gets, um, at least for a defense that wants to give up 14 to 15 points right away. Once they get that out of the way, there's lights out as it gets. So let's go to fourth and goal. Patriots' defense against the Jets' offense. This is the one area I feel pretty confident. Uh, One of Zach Zach Wilson's favorite receivers of all time, unfortunately, retired in Devin McCourty last past season. (laughs) However, the man's interception machine – they're not asking to do a lot. Brees Hall is back. He didn't run very, very well. 
against the Cowboys last week. You only had like nine yards and they did not run the ball well, but they were in a hole the whole time. So you don't really know how much you actually really bring out of that. But I feel like on paper, this is a huge mismatch in New England's favor. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a game where uh, four of the past five drives for the the Jets against the Cowboys ended in a turnover, three interceptions and a fumble. So this is going to hopefully be a good game for the Patriots. I mean, they've been relatively solid outside of that monster touchdown. I would say they've been playing at the level that we would have expected. That is top five performance based off of how they were doing outside of that one big breakdown against the Dolphins. They've, you know, averaging teen amount of points on defense. That's good. That's very good. That is what you are looking for from a great defense to give your Patriots offense that seems to be struggling to put up 20 points. The defense is doing what they can to help the team win. Zach Wilson, not great. He uh, that he is a a not great quarterback out there. Patriots should be able to uh, make sure that they don't have a lot of success through the air. If you look at the top players that the the Jets have, Brees Hall, running back, as you said, he has 156 yards on the year. Uh, Garrett Wilson is their top receiver. He's great. Can't count him out. But he only has seven catches on the year and uh, 117 yards, two scores. One of those catches, though, was a 68-yard touchdown against the the Cowboys. So outside of that one play, they've not gotten anything going on offense. And then there's Dalvin Cook, who is the the number three player with only 71 yards and a fumble for them. So if I'm the Patriots, if I am Steve Belichick, I'm just saying, yeah, we'll stop the run. We are going to do our bare front. We're going to have five players on that line of scrimmage. We are going to make sure that this Jets rushing attack with Brees Hall goes absolutely nowhere we are going to challenge zach wilson to try and win this game even though we are going to be down jack jones and marcus jones we are going to be down two of our joneses hopefully jonathan jones will be able to go but you put christian gonzalez on garrett wilson and i'll take those odds i feel like the patriots will be in a pretty good shape otherwise uh whether it's miles Bryan or sean wade there's going to be a kind of a uh, disadvantage from a size perspective against Alan Lazard, but this is going to be a game where the Patriots should, in theory, have the positional skills to win. I would argue that I would put Jalen Mills on the outside opposite of Christian Gonzalez. I would practice that all week. That's why he's on your roster is that he can back up all five defensive back spots and you put him out there. He's probably going to do better than Wade or Bryant against some of the bigger Jets wide receivers. And you keep Gonzalez on Garrett Wilson. And so if I'm the Patriots, I'm going to do that. Whatever the defensive matchups are going to be, the tight ends are going to be fine. If I'm the Patriots, I'm going to make sure I jam the middle of the field, make sure the hall doesn't leak out or have any big plays as a receiver. Um, and if you're able to limit him, if you're able to limit hall, that's like the X factor for this entire game. And if not necessarily a one person task to do it, historically, I would have said it's like an Adrian Phillips responsibility because he's typically that safety linebacker hybrid that would be tasked with ensuring that Hall doesn't go anywhere. That's not really been his role this year. This has been something that they've asked more from Kyle Duggar. And so is it easy to say Duggar's the X factor? I feel like it's it's a cheap thing to say that the best player on the defense is the X factor uh, because I'm already expecting him to be really, really good. But I think it's a Patriot strength against a Jet strength. And if the Patriots and Duggar are able to come on top, then they're going to hopefully shut down this offense pretty comfortably. And Duggar is the new McCourty, and McCourty catches passes from Zach Wilson. So it logically yeah. follows that Duggar will get a couple of picks. True. Uh, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but Duggar's been kind of quiet 
these first two weeks. No one's really mentioned his name. I think he's doing his job. There's really need to do it. But like, I'd like to see Duggar have kind of like remind the league he's still there and he's a thumper and a and an elite player. I really think he's an elite player in this league. Uh, I don't think it's cheap, Rich. That could be your X factor. I will allow it. I will gladly allow it. Uh, you know, I, I think my X factor is going to have to be Jonathan Jones. Uh, a does yeah. he see the field? He's limited in practice, so that's a good sign. I'm hoping he'll be on the field because if we're down all three Joneses. Um, I don't distrust Jalen Mills at corner, but he's been playing a lot of safety in the preseason and regular season. It's not like an easy transition. You go immediately back to it. Uh, I'd like to make sure we can get – I think Jones and Gonzalez on the outside is good enough to match. Maybe you give Gonzalez some safety help if you need if he needs it. I think he really held his own so far. I'm very happy with what he's done against two extremely ridiculously good wide receiver cores. Uh, Tyree Kill did not have a breakout game at all against him. He read his first pick of the pass on the Tyree Kill. So I think he can definitely handle anything – the Jets throw at him, but knowing safety helps there is helpful. But uh, I think Jonathan Jones is going to be really crucial to get back out as soon as possible, especially with Marcus Jones gone. And if they can just even be competent and cover for three to four seconds, I think the pass rush will have a field day taking Wilson out. Totally. And I mean, I think that's a, a very important thing to emphasize too, uh, is that the Patriots aren't the only team dealing with uh, injuries. Dwayne Brown, the Jets starting left tackle, dealing with shoulder and hip injuries, has not practiced yet this week uh, through two days. Mecky Becton, the right tackle, dealing with a knee injury, likely going to play, but has you know been limited for the past two weeks. This could be a big Judon and Uche day. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see Keon White kind of having a really strong outing out there. You know, look at the Patriots defense front. Judon has two sacks. Uche has one. Gonzalez has one. I think that this could be a day where the Patriots register, you know, multiple sacks from a couple different players. And if they are able to do that, I can see Zach Wilson getting very flustered if the Patriots have their defensive front in his face. They This is the game where they can pin their ears back. Um, obviously, you don't want to let Brees Hall leak out regularly, so I could, I'd be a little bummed if they just played contain and didn't let him rip. Um, but it, it, this could very well be a game where the Patriots generate multiple sacks and have the game kind of be in Zach Wilson's head where he's seeing ghosts pretty quickly. If they're able to do that and they sack Zach Wilson, they can't get anything going, the Patriots cruise to a fairly comfortable vic- oh, victory. If all that happens, Rich, based on what we've seen weeks one and two, will you come into victory Monday feeling better about the Patriots, like they've righted the ship, or will you be like, all right, they got an expected win. I'm going to hold off judgment, wait till they see how they're playing at the Cowboys. How will you feel kind of confidence-wise if they get the win on Sunday? I think I'll, I'll need two things to feel confident. One, I want to see a good day from the offensive line. That is necessary, whether that's due to or like a results in a strong rushing attack, whether it results in, uh, you know, keeping Mac Jones clean throughout the day. I saw the stat that Mac Jones has the fastest time to sack of like all but one quarterback in the league, which means that he's been getting sacked within two seconds. That's impossible. There's nothing he can do about it. And that is a very bad indication of the offensive line quality. It is just unfair of a situation. And so, you know, you never want to have sacks, but when it's the thing where it's like, you can't blame any aspect of that on Mac Jones. You want to at least have some of them be the quarterback's fault. You want to have him have like some chance to elongate a play and be like, ah, at least he, you know, he tried to scramble kind of a thing. You don't want it to be where it's like, you snap the ball and you get knocked out. And so one, if the offensive line looks good, I'll have a lot more hope for the rest of it. But number two, and the most important thing goes back to the thing we've talked about the entire off season. How does Bill O'Brien do? Uh, if, if we see the offensive playbook that we saw for, you know, the last three quarters of the Eagles game, cool. I'm back on board that plus a solid offensive line performance. Great. Two games they lost that. Like, I'm not fully surprised that they lost. 
I think they can turn it around. If Bill O'Brien calls the game the exact same way against the Jets that he did against the Dolphins, where it feels like he's not trying to win the game, they're trying just to not lose it, I will throw in my hat. I will be so disappointed because I think it's it's frustrating when it's so clearly a better offensive playbook than what they had last year, that there's so much more cohesion under Bill O'Brien than they did have under Matt Patricia. But if they continue to say, we're just not going to try and win on offense, we're going to just continue to try and not lose, that will be the offensive play styling under Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, and Bill O'Brien, three years in a row with Mac Jones. And we've seen enough from Mac Jones that we don't have to treat him that way. His biggest strength was his touch on the intermediate passes. And if they don't give him a chance to even try that, then this goes down in the books as a similar thing as the Patriots drafting wide receivers or cornerbacks and putting them in a completely different role and expecting them to succeed there. That's a good transition for some, some prop bets I got for you for this week, Rich Hill. Uh, some Mac Jones-related prop bets. Um, Mac Jones, true or false? So true or false? So Mac Jones will complete <laughs> a 35-plus yard pass to a receiver on Sunday. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I feel like this could be the day that he has a big throw. I don't know if it's like going to be a Kendrick Bourne kind of situation. I would like that. I, I could see it being a relatively big uh, pass and catch thing just because. Nope, that does not count, Rich. No, no. If he it, has to be like a 10-yard yard. screen, he takes to the house. It's got to be a catch 35 yards down the field. Ooh, okay. If it happens, it's to Devontae Parker. Like Parker needs to have his rebound day. He like the turnover that was like I will put 90% of the blame on him. He needs to come back. Obviously, Mac Jones trusts him. He is the jump ball guy. I could see that being what that big huck it down the field on second and short kind of a uh, an attempt that Bill O'Brien Patriots love to do. I could see that being a thing. I, I would say more likely than not that they do get one of those. All right, I like it. Uh, over under four receptions for Juju Smith Schuster. Over under, yeah. Uh, I would say over, but I put the under of like forty yards. <laughs> it's on where it's, uh, again. It's shocking how uh, unproductive he's been as a receiver. Yards per touch, six point eight yards per catch. That is. That is not good. That's the lowest of his career. Obviously, he was a little bit better with the Chiefs last year, but this is what his like injury hampered last two years with the the Steelers looked like. And uh, it's like they're not putting him in a position to really uh, play to his strengths or play to his skills. And it's a little bit frustrating to see. Uh, but I think that they'll get him more than four touches. Like I, they are have been trying to get him involved. It's not a situation where they're not giving him the opportunities, but. Uh, Will he be able to take advantage of it? As I said, he's my X factor. I, I would love to see it. I, I Is this going to be his breakout game? I don't know. I don't have enough confidence to say that, but I, I think he'll get more than four touches. Would love to see him get more than 50 or 60 yards. I'll stick with the number four, but I will say four Patriot sacks on Zach Wilson over under. Oh, wow. Um, let me do a quick math on it. Okay. I think Judon will get a sack. All right. That's one. I think that Uche will get a sack. That's two. I think Keon White will get a sack. That's three. Will anyone else? It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like they'll try to do everything they can on their end to get the ball away from Zach Wilson. I think that the Patriots will have a very disruptive day. I'd love Ekwale to get another sack. Um, I think that he provides some good push up the middle. 
Barmore would love to see a little bit more uh, from a big play perspective on that. But I would say that I'm expecting the Patriots to make a little bit of noise on the edge, but I also think it's more likely than not that they'll uh, try to make their defensive game plan to not allow the Jets to have a productive day on the ground, and they'll just try to play the contain game and not actually try to sack him. You're taking the under on that. All right. How about over under four sacks on Mac Jones? Uh, I I hate you're taking this long. I know. These are good ones. These are good ones this week. I'm going to go with the under on this one. I I think it'll be three as well. Um, Or, you know, two or three. I think that Mac Jones, uh, it's not been his fault that he's been getting sacked. It's not been his fault. I think that the Patriots will hopefully have a little bit more offensive line consistency, and that'll make their day a little bit better. Um, I don't think that they'll do four sacks. I feel like it's very, very rare that a team gets more than uh, gets four or more sacks against this Patriots team because Patriots are all about right now getting the ball out as fast as they can, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made that the, the game call again. All right. Last one I'll give you, Rich, before we get our predictions. We will, true or false, we will see another, at least the look – of a Brendan Schooler run from out of nowhere, field goal block. Maybe he fakes it, maybe he tries it again. Was that a one-and-done thing, or will they incorporate that into the defensive's pushing package going forward? I think that they'll put it in the freezer for a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they flipped it and gave someone else the opportunity. Like, is this something that the, the player on the other side of the field will try to do? Defense or special teams units, they're going to clock Schooler all the time. Yeah. I, I think his future is very bright. He is the next you know, in the long line. I mean, how he performed as a rookie, he was the best special teamer on the team last year. He was already better than Slater last year. That's not an insult to Slater. That's just how good Schooler was. And Patriots are in very good hands with his capabilities. And so uh, I feel like we've seen it in the past. If the Patriots have a really good uh, play, they'll keep it in their pocket until it means a little bit more. Uh, But that said, actually, Bill Belichick, holds nothing back against the Jets. I could say. see it. I'm I'm flipping my answer right now just based off of okay. that. Absolutely, we're going to see it. Maybe a different player, but we will see the exact same thing. I think we're going to see it, but they're not going to actually run it. And, like, they'll start to run it, and then, like, someone out there, like, the the, the, the tackle will go out. and someone Joff, false right start. Up, yeah, right at the middle or something. It's going to be, like, a fake-out thing. It's like a Madden, like, 93 play where you, like, shift the guy <laughs> way out and then send him in. Um but I, I think that's going to be – we're going to start seeing that all across the league now, that play. It's like a new thing, and I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see how to prepare for it. Well, Rich, that's all I got. So unless you got anything else, let's get to uh, extra point or go for two predictions. Let's go for it. Well, I was this close to picking the Dolphins last week. I rambled. Fault, I really man. should pick them, I, but I was a homer, and I went with the Patriots. I was really close in the score um, for the second time in a row. I basically predicted the score for the other team with the Patriots. I had 24-16 Patriots. You had 27-17 Patriots, but you had the Eagles winning week one, so the hammer stays with you. You get first pick this week. Patriots, first road game. New York Jets, blissfully a 1 p.m. game. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Late nights. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go easy on this one. I think that the Patriots win this one. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout by any measure. This is a very good Jets defense, but this is also a very good Patriots defense. This is a game that should be very difficult for the Jets. They were not super productive. Like obviously they scored a touchdown against the Bills to win it. Uh, but you know, that was like uh 16 points during regular time, 10 points against the Cowboys. Those aren't like <laughs> the best defenses in the league. I think that the Patriots 
could very well hold them to you know single digit points. I wouldn't necessarily like guarantee that, but this is going to be one of those days that I think the Patriots will be able to force a few turnovers and that'll help the offense really have short fields and kind of get the pressure and momentum that they need to have consistent performances on drive after drive after drive. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think that maybe it'll end in like a few different field goals. You looked at what the Cowboys did. I think they had like six field goals or something like that against the Jets. It was something absurd. This is still a good Jets defense. I think that the Patriots pulled this one off. I think that it uh, won't be as comfortable as we would like, but in retrospect, it will never feel like it's threatened by the Jets, if that makes sense. And I can see the Patriots winning this one 20 to 13. 20. 13. All right, Rich Hill. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm, I think the Patriots win this one as well, but I think it's going to be a very comfortable victory. I think this is going to be a turnaround game for them. The defense is due for a pick six. They're due for a special teams touchdown, something along those lines. Maybe the offense isn't as productive in terms of the points they score, but they're going to be efficient. The defense is going to do a good enough job to not give up 16 points in the first quarter. I think the Patriots are very comfortable in this one. It's in the fourth quarter, it's already over, and maybe there's like a mercy touchdown or something like that. I think Patriots win this one 30 to 13. Oh, I would love that. I want this offense to look like they can do it. That's something that I feel like we haven't had in a very long time. We've had bits of it. We've had games uh, that feel like this team can turn the corner, but we've never had it for a real strong, consistent stretch. We didn't have it at all last year. We had it in just small doses, Mac Jones's rookie year. And even in you know Tom Brady's last year with the Patriots, it wasn't feeling great. And to have a offense that you can say, I know that they can score 25 points, to be able to have that confidence would be a great feeling to have again. I mean, it, I think what we've been talking about still stands that if this Patriots offense can be a top 10 offense, then they can go toe to toe with any team in the NFL. They are still not a top 10 offense. Mac Jones is playing like a top 10 quarterback. No one else is. And so if the other players on this offense can elevate their play, including Bill O'Brien, if they can all elevate to that level where Mac Jones is performing right now, and if they can do it against the Jets team, we'd love to see that. Absolutely. Well, again, I'm just excited for a 1 p.m. game. Like I said, I'm up too late. <laughs> I'm an old man now, Rich. I'm sick of these 4 p.m., 8 p.m. games. They have a lot of these coming up they do. in the coming weeks, and I'm, I'm not excited about it. So I'm going to relish these 1 p.m. starts while I can. Yep. Well, until next time, Alec, I'm looking forward to breaking down a hopeful Patriots victory with you next week. Um, but until next time, you have a good one. See you, buddy.